Hey. Happy to see you, George, my brother. No more brothers, Diego. Why do you say that? Huh? You heard me, George. Of course we are brothers. You fucked me. I did not. <laughs> yeah, you did. You went behind my back, you cut me out, you fucked me. Me? No. Never, George. <laughs> Never. Talk to Derek. <laughs> well, maybe you're right. Maybe I did betray you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I stole your California connection. So what? Hmm? Who introduced you to Pablo Escobar? Huh? Me. Me. Who introduced you to your fucking Colombian wife? Hmm? Me. Who protects you? When my friend Cesar Rosa wanted to slice your fucking throat. Huh? Me. Who made you make millions and millions of dollars? Me. And what do I get in return? This accusations. I have always given you everything, George. Always. But <laughs> that is over now. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is my operation, my dream. So go home. Go back home. Go home. Go back to your stupid little life. Go back and sell half grams to your fucking relatives for like care because you are out. Déjelo, déjelo, déjelo. Because you're out. And don't be so emotional, George. We are brothers. We are brothers. Llévense a este come mierda. Next time it's fucking loaded. Bye. Bye.
Guess who it is? It's your favorite film buddies, the Cinema Night Podcast, back for the latest episode Thursday evening. As always, we're going to talk about Blow. Does it hold up? That's what we do every week on this damn show. 2001 film selected by Eric Branstrom, one of the co- Yes, Eric Branstrom is, is that how you huffing. Do that? He's hoovering. That's that's how you do it. Well done. Oh. Eric Branch, Travis Roy, Michael Govier, all here live. Don't forget cinema9podproteinmail.com, and we would love a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you like the show. It only helps us grow and learn from our mistakes. The more we grow, the better we get. That's a fact. Right, Travis? I don't know. It sounds like some made-up bullshit to me. <laughs> yeah. Fuck me Propaganda. running. <laughs> Bobcat Goldthwait bullshit? Yeah, probably. Oh, too bad he's only in one scene. What a what a loss for that film. That he's just in, it's one great scene, but still one scene. He's fantastic. I mean, who doesn't love this? Fuck one? me, running. I can just do it all day. All right, it's a great quote. It is. Some pe- most people about. prefer. I can't feel my face, but I like fuck. You know, fuck me, running. It's just a stupid line. Oh, I've I used, told it, you used about it for my years. Encounter with Bobcat Goldwhite and Goldthwait in a Chicago Illinois bathroom, right? Uh. uh just kind of like a Paul Rubens, Paul Rubens kind of thing. No, it's an actual fan encounter where I met him, and it was unbelievable. What happened? What what unbelievable thing took place between you and Bobcat in this bathroom? Yeah, I, I, I said hi, Bobcat. I loved Willow Creek, and he said thanks, man. Shook my hand. That was it. Oh, well, I believe uh, that. <laughs> it didn't have to be <laughs> it was weird. Great. No, it was not weird. Willow it didn't Creek. have to be like all. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he hasn't talked like that in like 20, 30 years. Yeah, Um, he's not a fan of that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I watched Willow Creek last week, actually. It wasn't bad. Oh. What did you you have, a few drinks this morning? Huh? (laughs) I I think you did, didn't you? Mike Starr. I didn't know that my entire life until like two years ago. The clown. Mike Starr. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's Mike Starr? Oh, shit. You didn't know that? What are you, Mother Teresa? You never touch the stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. Oh, I didn't. I did not Mike know Star. that. I'm actually genuinely impressed by that because I was just talking about Mike Starr on the uh, Is It Safe pod for some reason last week, and we were talking about him. Actually, last night we talked about it. No, on the baseball pod because we had this great guest on who was loved movies, and Deary was talking about how great the Cinema Nine pod is, and so we started talking about Mike Starr. Naturally, who yeah. doesn't love Mike Starr? Who doesn't who who doesn't want to listen to a podcast where we discuss the work of Mike Starr? I mean, he's more than Dumb and Dumber. Get out of here. Actually, it was yeah, because that's what it was. We someone brought up what was your favorite like comfort movie, the movie you just go to to zone out, and he said Dumb and Dumber, and that's what alluded to the conversation. Well done, Travis. All right. Well, my favorite like Mike Star performance is uh, Miller's Crossing. Personally, so cheers to Mike Star. Uh, <laughs> Goodfellas. Uh, Ed Wood. No one wants to see Ooh. this piece of shit. Yeah, that's a good one. I never seen Ed Wood actually. So. Whoa. Yeah, I just wasn't. In, I mean. It got a lot of hubbub, and people said, "Well, woohoo, yippee!" Martin Landau won an Academy Award, which is bullshit because Samuel L. Jackson should have won. But speechless, uh, uh, dude, you should watch, you should watch this fucking movie before you sit here and judge it. It's a pretty great movie. Well, well, top five well, I don't think it's a bad. It's one of your top five favorite yeah, movies. Yeah, easily. It always has been. He's talked it up for years. I mean, that's, he has. He loves yeah Burton at his height. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Burton and, and Ed Wood's a real guy. Johnny Depp's he's, a real he's guy. He's a real guy. This is all correct. <laughs> These are real people, and Johnny Depp's <laughs> going to be a part of the blow conversation today. Yeah, George Young happening. was a real guy. Check uh, him out. There he is. Yeah. R.I.P. George Young. Did you know that he had recently died when you no. chose this last week? No. Like he died pure within days. It was a pure, pure no. 100% Bullshit. Just a great coincidence. Huh. You're shitting me. Huh. I'm dead serious. Seems fortuitous. 
Apparently, it's intuitive. Well, uh, for those of you that check out our Cinema Nine Pod Twitter feed, uh, <laughs> I just had to mention every week Travis puts in another dumb picture that is mentioned randomly at random. It could be anything from we've, anything in the podcast. We've never discussed this before, by the by, on on camera or off. Like I've been doing this every week, and you've never brought it up. <laughs> You've so I, it's a very dedicated effort, and this yeah. week's picture is. Kiefer Sutherland from Freeway, which is just really horrifying. So last week, yeah, really I'll change it to tomorrow. Me. I'm sure. <laughs> I can't wait. Who knows? Who knows what it'll be? It is. It's always it's always something that we randomly mention. It is a reference from each episode. That is true. So. <laughs> and it's never like a good movie. It's never like oh, oh look, no. there, you know, there's I don't know someone awesome. No, it's always like some <laughs> bozo picture. Why would it be? I mean, can't keep a good man down. Why stop a good thing in his tracks? So that sounds great to me. So the Twitter feed is always fun. You can interact with us. There's a Facebook page. There's the Instagram page. I mean, Travis is doing things. Uh, uh, Travis, how are you, though? You didn't really tell us officially. You have to tell us how you are every week. It's a prerequisite of the show. Fucking tired of running this Instagram account. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, like it's gotten like every other day. Like maybe I'm like, it's just, it's, you know, it's like, you know, to, to do a good post, it could take 20, 30 minutes. To, to get all that you know research and all that. so I'm a little tired of that but uh for those of you listening check us out on facebook even if this is a future episode we do every so often have a little contest where we like uh where people that follow us on facebook can uh play along and like do a process of selection to help us pick which movie we're going to talk about and we're doing that right now so um follow us on facebook if you're not already following us on facebook and yeah i'm Fuck not gonna I, running yeah don't do a lot of work over there but follow Nobody us does. if you want to play if you want to play the game Play the game, Harding. Play the game, Harding. There's a lot of great uh, movies in the running for the, the couple weeks from now, Michael. Let It Ride, uh, Big, The Burbs, some real classic Rain Man. I'm, I'm excited to see what, how this turns out. Wow. That's going to be interesting. I'm excited to hear what you guys have been watching. So why don't we get into our quarantine viewing picks, Travis? I got to know what you've been diving into. We still stuck in the 70s? Why are we only talking about me? How are you guys doing? Oh, well, Eric doesn't really tell us that. You're the one who always tells us. Eric will say some nonsense about something, and, and then I'll say, hey, yeah, great. This is a good show. I think I feel, that's basically the routine, isn't is it? Is that true, Eric? Do, do you do you want to talk about how you're doing? Eric, just please. Blazing uh, well, past you? I was going to ask you, Travis, if that uh, um, that, that victim came back to your house uh, that was almost oh, yeah. murdered, would be kind of glossed over? I don't know that that's he was good. a victim or not, but I'll tell you this. I mowed my lawn this morning, and I was uninterrupted. <laughs> Fantastic news. Does it spell his death? I don't know. He may have just been sleeping in. I did it really early, really early in the morning. <laughs> I have a feeling you won't see that guy again. These, these the interactions, they come and go, and yeah. they last forever. But you don't always get a repeat viewing. So cherish what you had. They last That's forever. Flattered. It's just like a time is a flat circle thing. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> these interactions last you. forever. Uh, Resco Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, side note, in the uh, First Day Podcast book club, which we do every Monday night for the First Day Podcast, we did uh, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights. We just finished it, and I actually really enjoyed it. So I want to – It is a he is an actor, and he talks about he talks about his movie career in it, but he also has a thoughts and opinions and views about his life, of course, because he pontificates as he's prone to do. But it's actually not, like, self-involved and douchey. It's really – Great to listen to as an audiobook too, because he does it and he's great. You know, it's oh. it's perfect. Did so, he record the audio like while he's driving a Lincoln around, just like talking <laughs> to, out loud to himself? There it is. That joke writes itself. Out, <laughs> playing a bongo, reaching out, hitting a bongo every now and then. <laughs> 
I, love I will him. tell you I this. <laughs> he mentions the bongo story and he talks about it in great detail. So it's a lot of fun. He he like goes into what actually happened and That's it's awesome. fantastic. And yeah. he does not deny the Lincoln experience either. He's like, yeah, that happened. I made money. <laughs> I don't judge him for making money. I don't judge him for smoking weed and playing bongos in his naked, like naked in his own yard. That's who fucking cares. I love, I love, weed. love McConaughey. I'm never, I'm never going to read that book, but I'm, I love him and I love weed. Is the, oh, is the okay. reconnaissance over? I mean, that was that was one of the great stretches of all time. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, I'd say we kind of fizzled out with uh, what was that boat movie he did that we all turned off Beach the Army Corps in one. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's right about with the death knell of that. And shit. Serenity. Did you guys see Serenity? That was trash too. So. Serenity. Like, From what I understand, the murderer turned out to be a shark. Uh, it's <laughs> not far alert. off the yeah, not right. far. It doesn't matter. That movie sucks. I, I doubt you would like it. Uh, it came out in 2019. It was right the same year as The Beach Bum, which was terrible. I watched like The Beach Bum. It's fucking awful. Wasn't this like the Firefox or Fox Fi oh, no, Firefly movie, Serenity? Or like, uh, the oh. sci fi thing. I'm reaching on a sci fi yeah. thing. I really know Just very little about Firefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, you, you don't even remember, but it had Tudor? Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. There's like legit actors in it, but nobody cares. And this only came out two years ago. So the point that point is made really by the fact that nobody really even whew, went right over everybody's head. But yes, the reconnaissance is over because it was like a period of time. It was. Yeah, it was a moment. Happened. But all things, all moments last forever is the whole point. So they do. Well, yes, that's true. But you know, but just like the guy who's no longer in your front yard talking to you, that moment is over, but it does last in your mind. And can last in our hearts true. forever. McConaughey was real. We only think that it was. I think that was very real. There was a there was a hot moment there where he was doing some good shit. Absolutely. Uh, mud he, and true detective and uh man, Russ Cole Killer and Joe character. and like he had he was doing some really great stuff. Uh, the Interstellar Dallas, yeah. Dallas Buyers Club is fantastic. Interstellar, yeah, I mean, he had a real. That's good the run apex. There. I believe now he's a two D Doritos character. If I'm remembering this right, from the headlines. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's probably I don't true. Even know, what does this even mean? Are we speaking English know. right now? It's a Super Bowl commercial. He's like two D, like walking around selling Doritos. Oh yeah, stupid. yeah. It's, it was dumb. It was true though. That did happen. He's not lying, and he's not mistaking because McConaughey has that fun factor people still love him even though he had that renaissance the reconnaissance which was intentional which he talks about in the book too it's so cool he oh, purposely said it. let's get out of the romantic comedy thing and actually he he says this in the book 14 million dollars he turned down for a month shoot 14 million dollars on a stupid ass rom-com for a month's worth of work well, if he'd he done said. that shit maybe he wouldn't be doing doritos commercials right now <laughs> <laughs> Michael, come on now. Well, you, you, you talk said. about the reconnaissance, but in my personal opinion, in 96, you get a time to kill. He's fucking great in it. And Contact from 97, I fucking love Contact, and he was fucking fantastic in it in a serious role. He's always yeah. been a great dramatic actor. I, yeah, but he's had ebbs and flows, I would say, personally. That was like the beginning. Yeah, you know, he comes on conversations scene. about one thing, also fantastic. Yeah. Lone Star. Uh, oh, yeah, classic. So, yeah. yeah, John Sales, right? Well, let's get into it, though. We're talking oh, yeah. movies, so let's, let's hear it. Travis, talk tell us what you've been watching. All right, by the way, Eric, are you okay, though? Did you get to express yourself? Or? Are you okay? Doing great. Thank you very much from Griffith, yeah. Indiana. Let's, let's just keep All it going. Right. <laughs> Fuck me running. So I didn't have a great week for watching movies. Uh, this is my last week of vacation, uh, and so I had like all this time to watch extra movies, and most of them weren't very good. I just had a bad run here. Um <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> I did, man. Uh, I even turned one or two off, but uh, 
thanks to Steve Paolo, a good guest host on recently. He recommended Stephanie um, from 2017. Did you watch it, Eric? Oh, no. Okay. He's shaking his head for those that are not watching. Shaking your um, head down. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely worth catching. Um, it's, it's a pretty strong film. Um, differently differently done kind of horror movie. I liked it. Uh, I watched a Medea family reunion, guys. You did it! Yes, the first Medea film of the podcast. I sent you guys a pic of me and Medea. And the main thing I learned from it is that I learned two <laughs> things. One is uh, it's pronounced Medea, not Medea. And two is like it's heavy drama. I'm not kidding. It's fucking heavy domestic abuse drama, like serious, serious shit. And then fucking Big Mama's house blows in every now and then with some folksy witticisms. It's so weird. It was so fucking weird. Fuck me running. Like what? Like, well, what? 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 What is Medea? Is it like supposed to be like an old grandma that's sassy, or is it like? Yeah, like I mean, like it's a, in the classic kind of Eddie Murphy tradi- tradition. You have like one comedic actor playing multiple roles, and here you have Tyler Perry playing like uh, himself, who's like not like himself, but like a, you know, like he's not wearing costume mask and shit. He's got some other name as he as like the son of Medea and the father, who he also plays the father, and he plays Medea, and that's it. He just plays them three. Wow, that's a I didn't know that. I did not know that. I would not recommend it, but I felt I, I felt wiser for the experience. <laughs> I've been thinking about that, Travis, real quickly uh, yeah, to that ahead. point. We recommend movies, too. But I also think in this segment, we also recommend movies you should probably avoid, which I think oh. is just as important. I think well, it's useful. Then, so in that case, don't bother watching Those Who Wish Me Dead. The, also, also starring Tyler Perry oh. in, the, in the weirdest little cameo oh. that most unnecessary cameo I can think of. I love Taylor Sheridan. He's been doing great stuff. I was kind of excited for this movie. But like uh, this was extremely predictable and um, tedious. Like it was just kind of slow. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. But like I, I mean, I, I would not recommend it. I, I watched another one called It Cuts Deep, a black comedy from last year, one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. Um, you know, I watched Inger Goes West from 2017. I fucking hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. I uh, didn't. <laughs> didn't have a lot of good luck. Okay, here's let me tell you some movies I did watch that were good. Um, I watched Fright Night for like the millionth time <laughs> uh, hey! at, at uh, Aaron Chudpud Worley's uh, recommendation. I watched Psycho Gorman, which if you like, which I don't particularly, I mean, I like the movie, but I don't particularly like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But if you like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, imagine Mighty Morphin Power <laughs> Rangers like on acid with a lot more gore and you have you have Psycho Gorman. Um yeah, you know, I, I watched the Heartbreak Kid and didn't care for it. The original Heartbreak Kid, I felt really bad because, oh. like, I wanted to like Charles Grove, you know, like, but I just didn't really care for it. Um, but I did watch this this documentary. Have you guys seen this documentary called Care Actor? Like, Care Bullet Point Act Bullet Point Tur from two thousand nine. You no, guys would both sense. love it. It's streaming for free on Vudu. Um, it is it is Dabney Coleman, kind of. <laughs> bumbling around talking to like his old buddies having like like kind of like maybe a little bit drunken but very familiar conversations with some of his best friends like Sidney Pollock right before he died and mm-hmm. Peter Falk shortly before he died um and uh, uh Harry Dean Stanton and uh there's someone else big too I'm forgetting right now uh, but it's just like it's I forget the other person oh Charles Grodin fuck yeah and Charles Grodin so it's like these really like a like serious but like fun conversations about the craft and about their history and about like when they went to school like acting school and stuff is really cool uh if you like acting and actors and stuff i definitely would recommend character 
And um, you know what really surprised me this week was Greenland from 2020. I was uh, I was I was watching. Did you watch it too? I, I heard it's good. You know, I was bashing uh, knowing recently for, for being like, you know, you know, the classic people getting destroyed kind of movie. And this is like a disaster movie, but like, um, you know, kind of like Deep Impact, only with a lot better budget, probably, or like special better, newer special effects. And this movie had a real heart to it. Like it was not just fucking stupid, like pfft, explosions. It was like there was a, there was a, like a genuine like heart to the story. Like I was emotionally involved in the characters and what they were doing. And on top of that, like it was extremely, I felt like, I mean, like I know there was huge scientific plot holes in this movie. Like I, I'm aware of that, but like in, in terms of how it was presented, they did a pretty good job of making it feel like us, like, like going from like, Oh, Hey, like there might be a meteor passing by soon. And like just slowly it like escalates and becomes more and more of a reality that everyone's dealing with. And then it's like, Hey, everything's fucking the whole world's about to collapse. And we got all got to deal with this. Um, you know, I, I like these kind of movies when they're done well, like uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world. Um, so I would definitely recommend Greenland. It was, it was actually pretty good. And I watched a hey. bunch of others, but I can't mention, I can't mention them all. Damn, you said it was okay. a slow movie week or just a bad movie week? The bad week. Johnny Depp, he was good. You guys talking 21 Dump Street and Nightmare on Elm Street? All the Depp Streets. Uh, no, Russell, we'll probably talk about Blow. But yeah, we could probably mention his career. 21, too, sure. 21 Dump Street? 21 Dump <laughs> I will I say love this. both of them. I was reading uh, recently, because uh, you know, today in preparation for the podcast, an interview with uh, Carl or Carl Young. I keep wanting to call him Carl Young. Big difference, George Young. Um, he didn't want Depp to play him because he's like he played a, a fucking narc on Twenty One Jump Street, and I don't want a narc playing me. And he also was like he played an androgynous barber in Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> and he, so he was slow to come barber. on board. <laughs> that is that's a wow. direct quote, androgynous barber. Fuck this guy. Fuck George Young. <laughs> Here he is right behind me. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Eric Brandstrom, tell us, tell us where you've been. Take us into your cinema journey this week. Michael and Travis, it's the last week of uh, school for me, too. So I've been like doing a lot of grading and a lot of schoolwork. So it's been a little bit of a slow week, but that hasn't stopped me from watching some films. I checked back in with uh, Galaxy Quest. It's been since uh, it came out. Uh, I, I remember loving this so when it was released. Uh, so fresh and funny. It's 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 all right. It's still uh, get got a couple of chuckles out of me. I'm not sure when the last time you saw it is, but I don't know. That varnish may have worn off a, a, a little bit. Sam Rockwell's still very funny in it. But I'm I'm watching it. I'm then I'm looking at Sigourney Weaver. I'm like, you know what? This is a really unique actress here. I'm going through the filmography. And it, and it dawns on me, and if you thought my admission that I'd never seen Die Hard was bad, this is going to be worse. Uh, I, I, I'd never seen Aliens, the Jim Carrey sequel to Alien. Hmm. Oh, you should watch um, it. Yeah, I, I, I watched movie. it, and like just like oh, I said did. about Die Hard, uh, it, it, my, it, it, was, it was fucking un, un, unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe what I was watching and, and how I had missed it for so many. It's like it was like like not knowing like my father my whole life. Like that was like I missed this for <laughs> like thirty five years. It was one of the best movies I've ever seen it's in my entire awesome. life. Uh, so I'm really <laughs> happy that I finally saw that. Uh, it, it, it was so me good. Running. What's the uh, is it Vasquez? What's the Latina lady's name? I think yeah, I think that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm a confused individual because growing up, I had like the hardest of hardcore crushes on Vasquez. I just thought she was the most beautiful woman ever. Uh, I don't, I don't know where. I don't, didn't pan, didn't pan out for me. We never got together. 
sorry. <laughs> didn't work out. So. I, I never seen it, so I mean, I don't do that oh. shit either. So I wasn't that motivated. I mean, there's Fucking a awesome. line for me with sci-fi, I suppose. So you know, Star Wars is legendary. That's easy. But uh, I saw Alien, of course. I've seen Alien, but I've never seen any of the rest of the franchise. I mean, as far as sequels goes, I'd say it's one of the best sequels. Like, I mean, like wow. it's it's fantastic. I mean, Alien One is fucking amazing. Aliens is it's fantastic. I mean, it's so good. There's it's no reason really not to watch it. I liked Alien. So it's one of the best action. One of the best action movies from the era. Yeah, it's like the best like team on a mission like movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh yeah, it's um, good for that. So, you, you know, speaking of like space and missions, I checked in with High Life, this movie from a few years ago, Claire Denis film, Robert Pattinson. I'm like, this has all the elements I'm looking for. Slow burn, like independent Bob Patterson. It's fucking so boring. I turned it off. I mean, there's boring. And then there's like just light, like nothing is happening. Like, why is this a movie like this? <laughs> terrible? I heard, I heard bad things. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Sorry to hear that. Russell Withers checking back in. That chick is a Jim Cameron oh. favorite. That chick is a Jim Cameron favorite, in case you did not know. She's also the woman who kills John's foster parents. Oh, Vasquez. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Uh, the foster oh, yeah. mom. Yeah, okay. she, she was in something else that we talked about recently on the show, too, I feel like. Um, she's probably I, still alive. I'll guess yeah, that. She's she, alive. she is alive and well. She was also in Near, Near Dark, Fear and Loathing yeah. in Las Vegas. She's been working. She's been working. Yeah, well, she plays the maid. She plays the maid. Yeah, Jeanette Goldstein. I don't that sounds right. Oh, that I fear like nothing. I fear nothing. <laughs> Good call, Russell. So, you know, I, I'd never seen the Larry Sanders show, and uh, I decided oh! to check in with that. Uh, I, I remember hearing about it all throughout the 90s. Like, this is the – there's nothing like that before. Like, a, a single-camera sitcom and, uh, you know <clears> – <throat> little dated. I don't know when the last time you guys checked in, but a little dated. Are you kidding me? I'm a, it's what, what? one of my favorite shows of this, all time, and I watch like, it often. Yeah. So. This is like Mike's favorite show ever. So ah. It's true. It's up there. I'm a huge, huge fan, and finding it on DVD in the 2000s was very hard for a while, but now it's been streaming, and it's much easier to access. Have you thought about getting a picture of Gary Shanley's lips, Gary Shanley's lips, like, tattooed on your body? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I mean, I you're a big fan. Just get, like, his lips tattooed on you. Oh, shit, look who's here! <laughs> hey, it's our there favorite it yeller. Oh. It's our favorite most oh, passionate guest host slash Luke fan. Chime hey, in, Luke. Everybody. Oh, shit. I don't know what Luke? that means, but thank Were you. Were you attracted, to, attracted oh, to Vasquez? I bet he was. <laughs> but So, you, uh, it's, you know, there's no Kirby enthusiasm without Larry Sanders, I will say. It's true. That. Yeah, so. it's true. Uh, you know, other than that, I, I, I fell back into the rabbit hole. I watched like 10 pro wrestling documentaries. I, Which ones are I left? Fucked. I, I, I just ate all of them. Iron <laughs> Cheek. Uh, Which just, ones are left? So Iron many. Cheek. It's not even funny. It's just, I, I don't know what to do. I'm seriously thinking about seeking help. I can't stop. It's okay if you enjoy it. Don't don't take it that far, okay? Don't take yeah. it that far. If really, That's just it, enjoy Mike. it. Just enjoy That's it. Yourself. What about what? What do you got? Oh man, I hit on. I am loving going deep into this like '80s indies. It's great, you know. I kind of feel like the Falcon and the Snowman, but not, maybe not necessarily an indie, but it's not a mainstream, you know, big hit either. So it's a weird area. Maybe it's like lesser known '80s films that have some legitimate people who go on to things. So. The first one I'd never seen, and Luke already made fun of me on the Is It Safe pod the other day. He's like, oh, everyone knows that. I'm like, okay, well, I'd never seen it. It's called River's Edge. I oh never saw God. this. My and this is a fantastic yeah. film. Mm -hmm. 
I wanted yeah, to bring uh, this to the show like this, so many times. I just kept forgetting this, uh, about it. Kevin Bacon is a villain, oh. I believe, right? Is that, is no, this Kristen is a Glover in. Oh my Kristen god, it's Glover. so fucking good. I'm thinking of Keanu. It's Reeves. Keanu Reeves, Crispin Glover. Oh, I've uh, never seen this. I was thinking of a River Wild or Daniel something. Daniel Roebuck. Yeah, so <laughs> you were River like Wild. It. That's exactly what you were thinking. <laughs> yeah, of. I'll, Kevin I'll, Bacon, Meryl Streep. Yeah, I've never seen this. I should watch it, huh? Oh man, I thought it was incredible. Uh, it was a really good film. It's loaded with youngsters. You know, obviously, it's like one of Keanu's first roles. It's about high school, but it's so honestly well done. In I'll just say this: in the way that it portrays how people act differently in front of different people in real life, you don't see that in movies very often. But people do change their demeanors based depending on who's in front of them, and it's just really good. Daniel Roebuck, the guy who. Uh, you know, uh, the you would know the fugitive. I, I think they shift. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm from the fugitive. He's one of uh, the cronies that are trying to hunt down fucking Richard. So it's a great movie. I really want to strongly recommend it. River's Edge. Uh, I don't know if this guy, Tim Hunter, who directed it. I don't know if he went on to much other stuff, but this is worth it. I think it's it pissed me off and it made me feel things. So good job, River's Edge. And then uh, I. Oh, I got to get the list. Sorry. Always have my list, Travis. That's right. It's a good man. Important. I had uh, House of Games. I never saw House of Games, David Mamet's earlier work, uh, which is a 1987 film written and directed by Mr. Mamet. And it's in the Criterion Collection. So I was like, well, people must respect this film. Joe Montana, really early Joe Montana. And uh, the lead woman is super short haired. And I recognized her face, but I could not pinpoint her in <laughs> Rebecca anything. Pigeon. Uh, no, 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 not Rebecca Pigeon. I love Rebecca. Uh, Lindsay Krauss, does that ring a bell for anybody? Yeah, Lindsay I think we went to high school with her, right? Yeah, no, I think that was uh, a different Krauss. <laughs> if you Google her face, you'd be like, no. oh, yeah, that lady. So that's who she, she's like the lead in it, and uh, right, it's I'll really Google, good. I'll Google her face. Google. Strongly recommended. Excellent. And of course, of course, Ricky Jay's in it, so... Uh, you got to have some Ricky J if you're going to have a Mammoth movie. So I want to recommend House of Games. Excellent. Excellent film. Really uh, not what I expected at all. It's, But it is so Mammoth in a lot of ways. I'll just say that. But I want to recommend it. Uh, I watched uh, Greedy, a 1994 film with <laughs> Michael J. Fox, Phil Hartman, Ed Begley Jr., uh, and, of course, old man Douglas, Kirk Douglas. This is a stupid-ass movie. It's kind of... Yeah, I remember yeah, seeing it. Oh, yeah. You know, Love I remember it. I went back to watch it because I remember being a kid like this is dumb. Everyone's greedy. It's annoying. Of course, it's like <laughs> it's just like so this family is so blatantly obsessed with the greed that it's not even trying to hide it. Like it's yeah. it's just a bad, dumb. a bad knives out. Yeah. Oh, horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> They're not even trying to kill him. They're just waiting for him to die. That's the worst part. It's like, just die, please. But they won't do anything about it. This movie sucks. Don't go back and watch greedy. But. I'm going to recommend Greed, which is how I ended up watching Greedy, <laughs> strangely enough. Greedy is a Michael Winterbottom film starring Steve Coogan from 2019, yeah. and uh, it gets shit on. It's got a five and a half rating on IMDb, but that is, I thought that's bogus. In fact, it's a little bit more prescient now. It's obviously made during the Trump era. It's about a guy who's super rich, and he's a scumbag, so it's going to, there's a whole message about the world we live in and how rich guys are scumbags, which we already know. But then he's trying to make a point about the garment industry specifically and how people are still being exploited. It's a, it's a drama. It's not a documentary at all, but it's a, it's classic Winterbottom. You know, it's got that certain style of humor and it's also, I love, I love this face, this, this yes. picture. 
the cover box is pretty great. I haven't seen them. I haven't seen the movie yet, but the cover box really grabbed me. Just that like a, picture. Like a, or an orange Steve Coogan. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I really think it's like, it's it's like Trump. It's almost like Trump, but it's not quite. But it's like a British Trump because they're in Britain. And that picture is dumb as fuck, too. So it kind of turned me off from the movie. But I'm glad I got around to finally watching it because it's not that dumb. <laughs> uh, Close out a greed trilogy? <laughs> I did not. Greediest. Oh, shit. Is there no, greedier? That would have been awesome. I would have watched that, but I did not get the chance to do that. I watched a movie that I actually was thinking about recommending, but then I decided just to watch it, and I realized I made the right choice because I should never recommend this movie to watch. It doesn't hold up. Uh, Men of Honor. It's got fucking oh, Jesus. Robert De Niro and Cuba Gooding Jr., and it's about a guy, an amazing guy. Carl Brashear is the first African-American master diver. Like, it's a really great story about his actual life. His life is more compelling than this movie because it's so fucking Where's Luke? Where's Steve? Formulaic. This is like, talk, here's here's how Hollywood can take racism and stories of oppression and turn them into formulas. And that's what they do with this movie, unfortunately. And it's a damn shame because you got some great acting. You got Charlize Theron and Robert De Niro. But that's, that's pretty much it. It's not good. I wouldn't recommend it. I don't know if you guys ever saw it recently. Uh, I saw it when it came out and it left no impression on me. Oh, see? And that's what I'm talking about. It should have made an impression. Uh, speaking of reconnaissance, I went back to the beginning. I never saw Time to Kill, and I finally watched it. So, Oh, shit. It's yeah. a little... It's not as formulaic as uh, Men of Honor, but it is about racism, and it's hmm. pretty hardcore. It's a little... Not campy. Uh, sometimes it's a little over the top, but I think it was pretty solid. I want to recommend it if you never saw it. It's, really, it's pretty well done. That gave and, America the first, like, Samuel L. Jackson quote that people could just walk around yelling. Yeah, yeah I'm glad they're dead. I hope they burn in hell. For like that was the first time you know like turned out to be a whole career of there's people shouting his stuff. But uh, I mean, I, Pulp Fiction did come out before that, but yeah, did it? Ninety four. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought Time to Kill was first. When, when but was it's definitely a great line. Ninety six. Ninety six. Oh, okay. I thought, it was, I, thought it was, I thought it was earlier than that. All right, take it back. Take it back. I'm not a film historian. See, but at least you come clean. That's what you get on the show. Genuine honesty, folks. And that was McConaughey's first like lead role. So that's true. Um, which led me to watch Angels in the Outfield. I'd never seen this movie before. It's a stupid-ass <laughs> Disney movie. I never saw it as a kid. It just came oh, out at a point where I, I Christopher love Lloyd? baseball. <laughs> yes. Chris, dude, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Christopher Lloyd, Matthew Danny McConaughey, Robert. Adrian Brody. I mean, it's like there's Oscar winners on this. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's dumb as fuck. But I actually enjoyed it. It was but, fun. What, why, why are the angels in the outfield? Because I've never seen this. Like, what, what, what oh, happened? that's the other part. Why are they there? Because fucking Dermot Mulrooney is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's oh, father, but their Shit. mother died. So he puts him in a foster care home, even though he's a dad who's alive and admits to his son directly. He's like, I got to go for a while, man. But if the angels <laughs> win the pennant, then I'll come back. So he wishes for the angels to win. And the angels come in. Christopher Lloyd comes in. It's amazing. Should have wished for a good father. <laughs> yeah well he's a young child you know he doesn't always know that uh and then real quickly i really wanted to talk about this with you guys i fucking i went back and watched batman forever and batman and robin i'm like it's been a long time you know i know i just had to make sure and it's fucking <laughs> shit it is such shit 
And Batman and Robin is egregious as fuck. Batman Forever is a little less, but it's so fucking bad. Arnold, why? Why? Everything you've read about it, all the articles are fair, totally worthwhile. This is a piece of shit movie to the maximum stream. Batman and Robin is not worth it. There's no redeeming quality uh, at I all. Can, I can give you a redeeming quality because I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Um, it's not boring. You know, uh, all the work that was put into it, 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 I mean, you could do a lot worse. It's not dull. I mean, it's, it's watchable as far as like, just like fucking, fucking throwing something on. It's the faintest praise I've ever heard. Hey, it's something. <laughs> and this is critically lambasted universally. It, I'll watch it. If it's on, I'll sit there and fucking watch it. If, if you, not, if you like it apart. moving images and sounds, turn it on. Yeah. Maybe your dog will like it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey. It's something. Batman and Robin. <laughs> it's not 90 minutes long anyway. <laughs> oh, I wish it was. God, is it longer? Oh. Is it two hours? Yeah, it's oh, closer fuck. to two, I believe. Yeah, oh. it's a slog from hell. And it's terrible. Uh, quickly, I, I watched so many movies. Oh, Problem Child 1 and 2. I went back to back. I knocked them both out. <laughs> and I laughed my ass off. John Ritter yeah. is fantastic in oh, both God, movies. He really is. It's All perfect right, for him. Yes. God, he's oh, so man. fucking good. And Jack Warden, RIP as well. Jack Warden and John Ritter is enough to get me through the door. And I'm happy that I watched both films and I don't regret either one of them. That kid was good. That kid was rock Funny. solid. Michael Oliveri. Yeah, whatever happened. Yeah. And I, and I saw Slumdog name? Millionaire for the first time. I never saw Slumdog Millionaire. And that was a fucking train. It was tough. It was tough to get through, man. It was some brutal scenes in that movie that yeah. I was actually eating. And a particular scene came on early on in the film, and I was like, oh, fuck! I, I couldn't handle it. I had to look away and, like, fast-forward it. Not because I wanted to, but because I just I just couldn't. I was eating, and it was gross. It was really... <laughs> I know it wasn't real poop, but it was sick. It, it really bummed me out. And I You was don't like, want to look at even fake poop while you're eating food. I mean, that's just... I don't, it depends on how it's done, but it was so authentic. The, the scenery and where they shot... The, I mean, they shot in India... And they shot in real slums from based on what I saw and what there I was heard real about poop in somewhere in that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this <laughs> it was so authentic, even though poop was fake, that it freaked me out. So, yes. <laughs> and then lastly, I watched. Uh, I never saw this. I finally saw Venom. And with Venom 2 coming out soon, what? I wanted to make sure I got in. And, and you're shaking your head. You're shaking your head, Travis. Why? Um, oh, I, I thought it was trash. Trash. Out, yeah, just I, straight I out. yeah, I, I thought it was. I finally saw Venom. Like, you've been wanting to? I mean, I just like I I hear that if you like aren't really a Venom fan, like of the comic, then and like then you're then you might like it more. But to me, and I'm not I'm not like a huge diehard Venom fan. I'm I'm vaguely, you know, I'm, I'm I like it. I like him, but like it was so far afield from the character for one. And like after watching, you know, it's been a it's been a Marvel's had some time to perfect what they're doing, but it's been banger after banger for a long time of really competently well-made Marvel movies. And then here comes like this fucking too dark, weird humor, like uh, just kind of like typical fucking, I mean, is there a giant blue light that shoots off into the sky from the top of a, a building in this movie? Cause I feel like there is, you know, it's that kind of fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, well, it actually, it does, and they have the well, rocket ship that goes up that doesn't go, but yeah, I can see okay. that happening. It's just yeah. that, I mean, I don't know, it just didn't have, like, um, it just didn't do it for me. It, it felt like it a fucking, so, it felt like a Sony Marvel movie, and it, which it was a, is a misfire, unless it's, unless it's the Spider-Man movies, it's a misfire. And that's the other thing, there's no, <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't exist so far at all. A, like, right, your character looks like Spider-Man with no explanation for that. <laughs> Stupid. 
So, more, I mean, yeah. speaking of Venom, I mean, like, Tom Hardy is heading into, like, chair butler territory. Like, like what, what happened? Like, he is, like, just, what is going on with his choices these days? Like, he did, like, the mumble thing for a while where he just, like, comes in. He's like, blah, 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 blah. blah. Now he's just is. out of control. He's, like, Capone well, was kid. Capone was 2020, and that was all mumbles. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but that you, that's a great talent. It's just this horse shit. I couldn't give a fuck about Venom, too. Like, Woody Harrelson, just do something else. I like Carnage back in the day, but this looks like dog shit. Even with Andy Serkis directing, I'm like, I'm just not fucking interested, man. I'm just, I couldn't be less interested. I'll watch it on when it comes out. But uh, Eddie, you know. Eddie Brock is a kid, a photographer at the Daily Bugle, if I'm not mistaken, along with Peter Parker. Like, what? Am I missing something here? What it feels well, he like gets to fired at the arch rival in the comics, doesn't he, or whatever? Right. Going to get specific. What it, what it felt like to me is like they had the rights to make the movie. They're like, we better hurry up and make this movie before we you know, before someone else makes a movie. We lose the rights. Like that fucking shitty Captain America movie from the 70s or the shitty Fantastic Four movie. It's like, who cares? Oh, oh, oh. Churn out any old crap. People will like it because they like Marvel. And you know, and it made it made like eight hundred million dollars or something it insane did. like that. It was it nuts. And pe- pe- it did. plenty of people love it. So power to them. I hope they enjoy it. It's just not for me. Uh, Luke says Venom is the best thing in the Marvel universe next to Ragnarok. Am I making too many comments? Uh, yes. No, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Sorry, you are. Uh, but he also says Circus can't direct. Unfortunately. What else did he direct? Uh, well, he directed the Jungle Book Origins film. Uh, ah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I, the, didn't I catch did that something. one. Kind of not, not checking in with all the many uh, Disney movies they just remake in yeah. almost oh, the live, live actions. Action. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see those. the Aladdin. I didn't give a, yeah, I couldn't give a shit. He is going to be Alfred Pennyworth, though, in the Batman. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, true. he is. That's true. So, he's a good actor. Good. Oh, he's great. Saying. He's yeah. great. No complaints. But uh, this is it. People are getting pissed about Venom, or at least it's a critic opinion. Ghost Hand. Good to see you. Venom's greatest virtue was the banter between Venom and Eddie. Tom Hardy did the best he could with that script. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Tom Hardy did okay. I mean, he still put on like a weird voice that just didn't make sense to me. Like, who talks like this? But, um, <laughs> but like, I mean, yeah, he's still he's still a good actor. But the script was crap. I mean, I mean, it was just it was a crap movie. I mean, again, like if those that like it, power to you. In, enjoy the. The the sordid come down of fucking shitty Spider Man movies like that Mrs. Spider Web movie whatever the fuck they're making all kinds of shit so enjoy. Oh man, that is a bummer. And you know the more I thought about it, because I got I got a little bit excited because I liked seeing Venom on screen. It's a cool fucking character. So they do it right, right, right. But even like getting a tidbits, I was like I got excited at certain parts and it caught me in. But then. The more I looked at it, I'm like, why is Michelle Williams in this movie first there off? I don't is. know. Unbelievable. There it is. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I thought Wasted. I did a triple take when they started the movie and they yep. giving him the coffee that morning. Is that is that a doppelganger? Is that Michelle Williams? It really <laughs> yeah, was. It is. Just wasted. Money. And then you're wasting uh, Woody Harrelson as Carnage, which is, I mean, yeah. Carnage and Venom. I was, I used to love Carnage and Venom when I was a kid. Like, that was one of the, yeah. I used to play the video game and I was yes. really into that. It was a Maximum great. Carnage. Yes, doppelganger right. coming in. I mean, there's a right. lot of cool shit that could go down, and it's not. The more you talk about it, Travis, I see your point, and I think I understand now why. I mean, seeing yeah, I'm sorry, but seeing Venom on screen is cool. Like, it's going to be cool. It's inherently cool because it's fucking Venom, and you're looking at Venom, and that's cool. But yes. like, if everything else happened around it, you know, is not cool, then you end up with Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> that is <laughs> welcome to hell. One of these movies that like. <laughs> 
you're right. It's so dark, and it's like you can tell like the actors showed up for like like a month, and then the the rest was just made in the computer, and they're just making it around like a few scenes that actual people did. I can't handle it anymore. And mispronouncing <laughs> uh, symbiote the whole time. Symbiote. Was symbiote. Symbiote. The whole fucking movie. A- Did you not have a single person that read it or like watched any of this shit before? It could be like. Uh, 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 it's symbiote. Symbiote. <laughs> You're fired. Get out of here. Uh, You're doing it wrong. <laughs> script supervisor. We need a script supervisor on this fucking thing. You're right. That was a big issue too, man. And we'll close it out with this. Ghost Hand says Tom Hardy is contractually obligated to be unintelligible in every movie he's in. Well, I didn't know about that contract, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, there it is. Wow, Venom. Interesting. Venom 2 comes out in the fall, so hey, enjoy it. Woody Harrelson's a great actor. Oh, so yeah. is Tom Hardy, but yeah. I mean, I'll watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully on a streaming service, we don't have to pay for it. Yeah, Not in theaters. I I can wait for that. I can wait for Morbius. I can wait for all that shit. Anything that's outside of MCU, um, I can fucking wait. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Well, uh, guys, I forgot to mention, but we have two emails this week. Two emails from Chad and another dude. So let's get to these real quick, and then we'll get into Blow. Hello, Cinema 9. This is from Chad. Just saw an article saying the movie A Knight's Tale still holds up. Disregarding the blatant ripoff of Cinema 9 doesn't hold up, shtick. Thank you, Chad. The thing is this. A Knight's Tale is trash. It always has been trash. It's been trash since the day it was released. My question is this. How do you answer the question, does it hold up, when it comes to a movie that you hated in the first place? When I walked out of the theater after seeing A Knight's Tale, I didn't say, that movie didn't hold up. I said, that movie was a train wreck. Certainly the question of holding up somehow means more than just not liking it. I'd sure like your thoughts. P.S. Does Rufus Sewell make anyone else feel uncomfortable? (laughs) Very creepy dude. He's good in the father. I thought two things when I walked out of the theater in 2001 uh, with with Chad Gibbons uh, seeing A Night's Tale. One, Janice Osmond's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Two, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. In fact, for many years after that. Are you talking about the right movie? Am I crazy real quick here? Heath Ledger, like jousting picture. Oh, fuck. Okay, go That's ahead. a Knight's Sorry. Tale, right? Yeah. I was thinking about Sean Connery and Richard. First, that's I, first, talking about that's first, first night. night. Oh, shit. That's what I did. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Please I've go never ahead. seen yeah. either one. So. This was the bar. Like the, the bar was set here for worst movie of all time until the, I watched The Saint recently. So my opinion, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And the most egregious usage of David Bowie's music to uh, accompany a shitty film in recent Oh, memory. no. They did an anachronistic thing there. That's so dumb. Great well, it sometimes it works, but I don't think that works with King Arthur's bullshit. But, uh, Travis, you've discussed this many times. What it means to hold up is not necessarily what you might yeah. think. I mean, yeah, it's going to be different when it comes to a movie that never held up for you in the first place. You know, that's the, then then it, it couldn't possibly hold up. So, I mean, then, then you can only say, like, well, you know, this still doesn't do it for me, <laughs> you know, this, uh, even if it's a classic, you know, like like a Knight's Tale is a classic to a lot of people. You know, there is people of a certain age that that hit them in the f- right spot and they and they love it. I, I, I never watched it. I just remember it, that was the problem I had. I mean, uh, in the previews, I remember being like, what the fuck is this music? <laughs> is this a comedy? And I'm just like, nah, not for me. Nah, just, and I just never I've never seen it. I never saw it either. So yeah, clearly that was powerful on the generation as maybe they had hoped. So. I, I love this question because you're right. We talk about that quite a bit. For me, the a good example of this whole conversation is 
Dead Poet Society because if, before we did the episode, if you were to tell me that movie, I'd be like, oh, of course, it fucking doesn't hold up. That movie's cheesy bullshit. I loved it when we did it for the episode. So while I would have said, yeah, it never held up in the first place, when we rewatched it, I was able to say it absolutely holds up. I love this movie. So, I mean, it's mercurial, I guess. Yeah, I don't think I've had that experience where I didn't care for the movie then came around on it yeah. later yet. Yeah, exactly. But, but if that does happen, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, that may have happened. I'll have to go back and think about it. But when I think about this, it's simple. It doesn't hold up. I kind of think about what's going on in society, too. Not just is it a good society. movie or not, either. I do. I think about the social mores of the day. What was going on then? What's sure. going on now? Yeah, you know, there's Some things are easy to call out, like, that doesn't hold up. Uh, Joe Dirt doesn't hold up. It was easy to kind of figure that out. It brought pleasure, and it did have some funny moments, sure. And in a certain time and place, people... Laughed uproariously, which I did. I'm there. So that leopard sucks. <laughs> exactly. So that's all I think about it, Chad. It's always a fun question. It's always evolving on the show, as we like to say. But uh, let me get to the other email real quick, so we can move on. And as uh, from Aaron, our good pal Aaron Chudpud. Chudpud says, "Hey guys, how many DVDs do you still own? Blu-rays and HD DVDs excluded. Wow. Okay. Well, Blu-rays are DVDs. I feel like, but all right." We'll, we'll play along. I still have about 300. Wow, I even, I've been to your house. I've lived in your house. I know how many DVDs you have. I even bought The Abyss last year because it wasn't available to stream anywhere. Guess what? Now it is streaming. No. Yeah. DVDs, anybody? Yeah, I still have them. They're, they're, they're good for collecting dust and letting people that don't come over to my house see that I like <laughs> movies, I guess. Like, they just kind of sit there and like, yep, yeah, on display. Uh, don't currently have a, I have a DVD player. There's no cord for it. I couldn't watch any of them if I wanted to, um, but they exist. I'd actually, I'd actually really liked like to start getting more into buying some more physical media, but like, I just don't really have like the, I don't have a good enough TV for it yet, but maybe when I step up in life and get a new TV, which sometime this year I will, maybe I'll start getting, you know, Blu-rays and that kind of shit. Maybe. I don't know. You're, 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 you don't forget you're talking to a podcast co-host here that, will own the DVD for our movie of the week and yet uh, rent it for $4 just so we can be in the other room and not have to plug in the DVD player. I still own about two, 300 myself for collecting dust once every few years. Usually when I move, I'll weed through them and be like, there's no way I'm gonna, ever going to watch this again. Yeah. But I still got a tight collection. When I lived at Aaron's house, uh, it got it's all out there in the open. You don't have to go digging for it. As, at least it used to be. All the shelves are around the house, really well organized. And I would pull out the DVDs and watch them. I really would. Like, because if there was a, I don't know, a, a Marvel, particularly Marvel movies, like, oh, uh, you know, I don't think I actually saw that one or I haven't seen that one in a while. And I'd pop those in. That was very helpful. So I find your collection to be quite useful, Aaron. Thank you for that. But as I, <laughs> I said, I literally have five. I think five DVDs over here on a shelf. That's all I got. And <laughs> I only knew one I had to the collection was courtesy of you, thank you, <laughs> with uh, First Reformed. So. Yeah. You know, I will say this, that like there's been a couple of cases where I had to rent a movie, um, like usually for the show, and it's like I could rent it for $4 or I could buy the digital copy for 8 And I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that digital copy. I don't own it. Amazon <laughs> or whoever the fuck, they own it. Whenever they want to make it no longer stream there, it just vanishes from their library, and I no longer have access to it. So, like, uh, I you know I, I do like the idea of having actual physical media for like you do own it. You can so long as you have electricity and like all of the required <laughs> components, you can watch the goddamn movie and have yourself a time. 
So I do like Yeah, that. that's very true. Fuck the big people. Those big big DVDs not going to get the best of us. I'll tell you that right <laughs> yeah. now. Big VHS. <laughs> and the last part of this is, guys, The Abyss isn't very good. Are you interested in buying my DVD copy of The Abyss? <laughs> Are there any DVDs I should absolutely hold on to? You better not say The Abyss either. What DVDs are you guys holding on to for life? I bet one of you needs a copy of the Biss. So, how many DVDs do you guys still have? So well, we covered some of that, but Aaron, if you bring your copy of the Abyss to a future feast, I'll give you ten dollars for it. I'm a fan of the film. I love it. Really, early uh, industrial light and magic special effects that were unheard of in 1989. I love Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio so much. I'll own any movie she's ever starred in. I think the picture is underrated, to be honest with you. I'll give you $10 for it. <laughs> Fuck um, me running. Friend of the show, Steve Laskowski, recently gave me a uh, DVD copy of Roadhouse. I will keep that until the day I die. Me too. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, Steve. Thank you, Floyd. Those uh, are the last two movies for, for performed in Roadhouse <laughs> that have been added yeah. to my collection. And I've got a couple other random DVDs. Like, I have, like, a Twilight Singers. I'm going to talk about Greg Dooley again on the show later, so might as well get it started now. Um I got Twilight Singers like live DVD. I'm never gonna get rid of. I got Tom Waits. Uh, like, uh, was was it? Uh, short, not short change. I can't remember. One of one of, big, big time. time. Yeah, I got big time. You know, I got I got a couple of stuff like that's kind of hard to find. Uh, other you know other than on DVD. So those things in particular, I'm happy to hold on to. The big time is on DVD. There's like a VHS for like three hundred dollars on eBay. That that's I why I hold. That. That's why I hold on to it so tightly. Yeah. Okay, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Luke says, Citizen Dildo. Yeah, we're all keeping our Vanilla Sky copies cherished very close uh, to the chest. I let mine go. <laughs> oh, no! Like, Fuck me go. running. That's, oh, my gosh. I can't live with that. Well, thanks for emailing the show. Cinema9pod at protonmail.com. We encourage you not to email us, but if you Please have don't. to, yes. You know, cinema9pod, protonmail.com. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to get into blow here in just a moment. Don't forget to follow the show. on <laughs> all your favorite hour in. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we've had a lot going on. Record. We've had a lot of connection. Good job, everybody. People are interested in the show, and they're talking about movies, and fucking hey, that's great. That's why we do this show. So thank you, guys. We do appreciate your emails and the live comments. Uh, I'm going to be on a show after this show. Uh, I just want to mention real quick. It's called uh, Pop Goes... <laughs> Shit! What the fuck is Mike talking about? Pop goes culture. Uh, Pop goes your world. Pop goes your world. I'm such an idiot. I'm sorry, Chris and uh, Derek. Pop goes your world. It's about a guy who is in the Generation X who's older and his friend who's a millennial, and they meet in the middle because some don't understand each other's pop culture, and they talk about movies and music, and it's fantastic. So I'm going to promote our show, of course, and talk about (laughs) movies, and it's going to be a great time. So I'm going to have to listen to that. I want. I'm. I'm curious to hear how many like you know Gong Show references that are explained patiently to to Chris. (laughs) Remember the Mary Tyler Moore Show episode where uh... they didn't go that far back. Nobody uh, said well, Smokey 70s, and the Bandit so. was really, really great. Steve. <laughs> am I doing do a it. boomer? Sorry, <laughs> sorry to the guy who maybe I'm doing a boomer. Pop <laughs> goes your world. Asshole or nice guy? Yeah. Pop goes your world. Check it out. It's a podcast. Pop goes your world. Chris is a really nice guy. He's Canadian, so he's obviously a sweet man. And I really enjoyed talking to him. So uh, before we even did the podcast, so he's a good person. It seems like. And we're doing top five. 80s rock songs. I don't know how that's going to go because that's weird because I don't want to pick like glam metal because rock is a broad word, right? So oh, yeah. I think I can still fit in like David Bowie and shit like that, right? Of course. Are you are you doing this like unironically so you could totally toss in like here I go again and like be totally cool with being serious? Well, that, 
that's the thing. I mean, yeah, I could be stupid as fuck, or uh, I'm actually interested in like trying to maybe kind of give a reason, an honest, a genuine top five. But you're right, I could go that route. So we'll see. Either way, it's uh, gonna be a lot of fun. So check out Pop Goes Your World. All right, Pop Goes Blow, 2001 film directed by Ted, not Jonathan, Ted Demi, and starring Johnny Depp. Ray Liotta, Penelope Cruz. Wow, Rachel Griffiths in an really annoying role, which kind of is not her fault. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. You know, I remember a lifetime ago. I was about three and a half feet tall, weighing all the 60 pounds, but every inch of sun. Those Saturday mornings, going to work with my dad, and we'd climb into that big green truck. I thought that truck was the was the biggest truck in the universe, Pop. I remember how important the job we did was. If it weren't for us, people would freeze to death. I thought you were the strongest man in the world. Remember those home movies when Mom would dress up like Loretta Young? Ice creams, football games, Wayne know the tuna. The day I left for California only to come home with the FBI chasing me. <laughs> That FBI agent Trout, when he had to get on his knees to put my boots on, you said, That's real, you son of a bitch. I got Georgie's boots. That was a good one, Dad. That was really something. You remember that? And that time you told me the money wasn't real? Well, old man, I'm 42 years old. And I finally realized what you were trying to tell me. So many years ago, years ago. I finally understand. You're the best, Dad. I just wish I could have done more for you. Wish we had more time. Anyway. May the wind always be at your back and the sun always upon your face and the winds of destiny to carry you aloft to dance with the stars. Eric, you chose this film. Take us back to 2001. Man, I'm really trying to put myself in the shoes of that era with this movie. It's It was a big deal. You know, Mike, we're, we're, I cannot believe the two coincidences. It, it didn't add up to me until I, I turned on the film until... Uh, this is the 20-year anniversary of Blow, so uh, it, it, I think enough time has gone by to take a, a nice, fresh look at it. We've got the passing of uh, its central character, George Young, last fucking, like, two weeks ago, unbeknownst to me. So, I, yeah, I was interested. It just kind of popped into my brain, like, Christ, I saw this twice in movie theaters, and I haven't thought about it, seen it since. It's it literally one of the DVDs that I looked at, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch this again on a move, and and donated so you know uh it's just one of those things johnny depp on top of the world uh like and this is i gotta tell you when you're like 2021 in 2001 like any movie that's doing this whole this vibe is just so cool this music supervised soundtrack is on fire if you're me you're just you're buying into it so i bought into it and but it's been 20 years so i'm, I'm excited to talk travis you saw us in the theater no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure oh! I saw the computers. Um, so, like, I was I was a Ted Demi fan 
like i mean like i i, I knew him, i knew his work and like this was the this was the one that was like that in my thinking, like this is this tips him over into the big big time, you know. I like I already stuff. I already really like stuff like Monument Avenue and the Ref, uh, and and I really liked Life too. Um, so um, so I uh, yeah, Life. He did that with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. Your beautiful joking. girls. No, that was that was him and Beautiful Girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I liked Life, man. I watched Life recently and I thought it held up pretty good. I had- uh, I, I watched it for no the first time a couple Demi. months Holy ago, shit. and it was funny. I can laugh. Yeah, it's not a bad movie at all. Um, so, so as a fan, yeah, I was like, you know, and then I, and then, and even if I didn't like Ted Demi, like it was clearly like a big, it was a big deal when it came out. Giant Depp, of course. Like, so I watched it, and you know, like, like everybody, you know, I, I was all into it, and uh, it was, I mean, it was, a, it was a big hit. It was, you know, the poster was everywhere, and then I, yeah, I, I did, I watched it quite a few times, and then didn't watch it you know 20 you know i don't know 18 years or 19 years or something like that wow (sighs) i don't know if that's allowed but it did happen so we'll accept it i uh definitely saw the movie on dvd i did not catch in the theater but when it hit dvds it was a hot topic everybody was talking about it it would already had a lot of buzz because of the theater run itself which i think it was pretty successful wasn't it in the theater um i just uh I just saw it on the DVD and I started watching it over and over again. It, it became a repeat reviewing. <laughs> We'd watch it. All, I'd watch it all the time in uh, late 2000, 2001, the 2002. The dungeon, it was just always on in the background every yep. day. Yeah. Surprisingly, Henry Fool took off more than Blow in 2002 at the dump, which is strange. Uh, you feel like Blow would have fit in a lot more than Henry Fool. I'd like, I'd like to I'd like to claim that personally and be like, that was me. I was always That's just going Travis. to rewind. <laughs> rewind. We're going to watch that again. <laughs> Henry Fool, Rounders, Ravenous, yada, 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 yeah. again and again. So I got no no beefs with that at all. But yeah, DVD was how I found the movie. But uh, as far as uh, how people view this film, IMDb rating, anybody? I, I didn't look it up yet, so I'll take a chance. Uh, I believe I saw it, so you guys can guess. I, I, I know it. I'm pretty sure I know it. This is Mike, this is getting trickier for me because I, you have to rent a lot of these, and when I go to, to rent it, the score is right there. So I try to Those avert assholes. it, but I'm getting used to seeing it so much more often. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Oh, you know it, too? I'll, yeah. I'll yeah. say it's a 7.2. Close. 7.6. Wow. Oh, wow. That is fucking way up there. Whoa. I'm genuinely kind of surprised by yeah. that. It's a beloved film. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, it's a beloved film. It, people, it pe- people beloved. it. <laughs> Ooh. I'm more of a beloved. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, when it comes to the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the be all end all, boy, critics, not please. <laughs> Splat. audience score 87 this is a big ass disparity in this film i'm quite surprised to be honest with you i just didn't think critics would be that pissed about it but maybe it is more formulaic than i realize we'll talk about that more it's one it's another one of those things remember we talked about rules of attraction where uh critics loved it but for some reason the audience score wasn't there Kids like people our age adored this. The critics fucking thought it was like been there, done that, like trash. <laughs> and blow and blow, I mean. Oh, right. Oh, blow. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, as far as the critics, uh, people say that uh, I don't know. I'm not seeing Destin Thompson yet. I'm looking for him, and we will continue to find him. We never give up on Destin's efforts here on this show. But it breaks uh, my heart. It breaks I know my it fucking heart. 
I know it does. It's, it's not. It's not fair. It's not right. And I wish that we could get Destin Thompson on the show just once. It'd be amazing. If you ever want to be in the show, Destin, and you're familiar with our work, please. Yeah. Standing yes. invitation. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 24-7. Well, Peter Howell of the Toronto Star says, Blow can't sustain the high. Yeah. Okay, That's funny, is. isn't it? Is that That's hilarious? Funny. That's funny. <laughs> Mike Clark, US Today Today, says it's one of the few major releases so far this year that is worth a grown-up's time. <laughs> that is so odd. Worth a uh, grown-up's time. It's been a shit year for movies. He probably just got out of seeing Joe Dirt. Which <laughs> basically had the same soundtrack, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, what do us adults have to fucking do? We can't sit down and watch it below? <laughs> Jesus, man. Terry Lawson, Detroit Free Press, ambitious, ambitious but repetitive. Oh, Roger Ebert, take away the drugs, and this is the story of a boring life in wholesale. <laughs> <laughs> what? Goddamn, bless you, Roger. That is fantastic. Wow. <laughs> there he is, <laughs> Destin Thompson, Washington Post. Right. Makes you wonder just a little. What it was about Blow that made it a go project. Like, how did this get oh. made? He's basically asking how this got made, right? He basically is. That's how I interpret it. So. Yeah. What is your message? Who is your audience? And what do you expect from this story? From from critics, audience, everything. Destin, God bless you. Oh, Eric's so tilting his it- hand. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's repetitive? I, I mean, just because that's the drug life, or could it have I been... This, not- in terms of cinema, this story is repetitive in that we've seen it many times before, but, it, you know, it's you're, it's Newtonian. It's like, what goes up must come down. We've seen this a million times before. I'm not sure this is told in a different way than we've seen. It wouldn't be till later on when we saw movies that told this story but it wasn't about the whole drug running thing wolf of wall street and the mule for instance but yeah i mean ups down strikes gutters man (laughs) beautiful sentiment so it i'm looking at i'm asking though when it came out though not 20 years after i mean we're gonna say does it hold up or not but at the time uh you know fear and loathing came out a couple years before this and i thought if it's a drug movie or it's about drugs at all that movie is way better than this film in terms of having things to say and the way it's structured and uh, the, the dialogue itself, the, the comedy, it's funny. And then it's also like suddenly serious and bizarro all at once. And this movie's like we're going. I feel like you would call this a procedural, Eric. I really do. One of the reviewers said that uh, the high doesn't last long. I paused it when the high stopped because I ended up watching this twice last week because uh, you, you know me like I, I'm like spaced out. It's like three in the morning. I'm feeding my daughter. I'm not even paying attention. So I had to watch it again to be sure of my points. And I paused it after 27 minutes after the whole like fun and games is over. He gets arrested in Chicago in, in 72. The rest of the movie is pretty much low. So it's only barely even that first act. That's the high. And in a movie about like drug running, when you got the success, the glitz, the glamour. I don't know if that small of a chunk can sustain the. The, the the mire that that follows it i do believe that's part of the point of the film though right is that drugs don't pay crime doesn't pay that um this is the one of the most successful drug smugglers in world history and 
the the low came that you know the the high ended early and it was all low after that it was all downhill from that um there's a, a documentary that will be coming out about him soon i believe that it's called george young something like um famous without the fortune which like that that about sums i mean the guy clearly had a shit life for being a famous drug dealer <laughs> he did yeah tough break on that Sorry, George, but he did live a long life. So congratulations, George Young. There he is again. Look at him. 78, I mean, I think 76, something like that, which is not that long, but longer than probably lots of guys that at one point are doing, was it like 90 grams of cocaine he was doing a day or something? <laughs> not bad. Nice little Saturday. Is this a classic case of all style, little substance here? Because this movie is quite stylized, whether it's a ripoff or just it's been there, done that before. Like you said, the soundtrack, the soundtrack was a big deal at the time. It brought back some of these classic rock songs like, oh, black, 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 you know, that was a big deal. And that Rolling that, Stone song that it's brought back. With. I mean, had they really? I don't know if had they it, really. It put them to another generation, is what I mean. It did, in in a sense. Okay. You could disagree. That's fine. I just don't. I just don't know that. Um, I just feel like I've seen. I, it's hard to say. I've seen so many fucking movies that take place in this era that have the same fucking song. Oh, that smell again. Okay, <laughs> must be must be a bad part of the character's time if they're playing that smell. He's he's having a bad time now. Here's the Skinner. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's. I didn't seem that. Um, you know, unique to me. Now I will say um, there is things I like in terms of Demi's um, direction here. So like, I think that he does a decent job, a decent job, not a great job, but of trying to like ground the movie in these time zones, these time frames, yes. eras, like, in the beginning when they're like smoking weed on the beach in the 60s and stuff and like there's like these far off shots and then there's like this like bustled kind of like extreme close up from far away these these camera movements and stuff that are very reminiscent um to the era that so it's not just the music it's not just the clothes it's not just the set dressing there's there's like i i wouldn't be surprised if he was using like old film stock and stuff like he's de there's definitely some like demi was shooting for the fucking fences on this one this was the last movie he did he died like six months or less after it came out or something. And I mean, this is the only movie that I know of that he also did a cameo in. Like this was his big, I think this was supposed to be like the big one. You know, this was supposed to be the one that like, that like pushed him up. And I think it did temporarily uh, put him up on the next level in terms of tier of, of directors. Fuck me running. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's style in there. That's really enjoyable. Um, for me, it's, it's it's aping the styles of Scorsese and even Paul Thomas Anderson and David O. Russell so much that it's it, it goes beyond homage. It's almost plagiaristic. It's like a spoiled brat that steals the keys to his dad's flashy car uh, and then just like crashes into a tree. For for <laughs> me, it's it's all style and very very little substance. A copy of a copy of a copy. All right. Well, I was, I was going to save this point for the end, um, but since we've since you've already brought up Scorsese, um, so I was I was thinking a lot about Scorsese and Tarantino watching this movie, and about the fact that like those guys are film like students of film. These guys like famously know and love movies, and so when they're doing stuff, they're drawing from all kinds of stuff that I've maybe seen, maybe haven't seen, probably haven't seen or even fucking heard of. Uh, and they're doing all this stuff and it kind of like makes it like this hodgepodge and then make it their own. Like, even if you're, even if it's a very clear, like an homage, sometimes it, it still feels very Tarantino, but if you're watching a movie that feels Scorsese or it feels Tarantino or like, or like super eight, that feels Spielberg, right? Like, 
it doesn't feel like an homage. It just feels like a ripoff. It just feels like you're doing something that other people do better and you're trying to do it too. And it just feels like it feels, I mean like this movie, this it's got the freeze frames. It's got the fucking voiceovers. It's got Ray Liotta for God's sake. This, this is LA Scorsese. It's like the McDowell's of uh, uh, drug movies. You know what I mean by that? Like McDonald's, McDowell's. Yes, we same we grew up thing. watching Co- Coming to America. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know what that means. Eric. I, thought, I don't know. I kind of thought that would be a hit, but I forgot you guys it have is. seen that a million times. We're so glad that you're putting the reference out there and knowing what it means. I'm <laughs> loving it. It's fantastic. I, I love the early parts, like you said. Even yeah. the beginning. I know he's drowning it in light, but the beginning with like... I got yeah, goosebumps. No. Awesome. Fucking oh, I actually awesome. fast forwarded that. Uh, but no, I... <laughs> oh, I, my... I, no, because I know it's like, it's the whole formulaic thing. Like, okay, well, here's the cocoa plants being turned into my, cocaine. No, Great, you're the missing workers. the point. They're immediately actually, showing you the, the danger of this industry, man. Come on now. Well, I actually was talking about Ray Liotta and his flannel, having his moment with his little son there right after the freeze frames. <laughs> I mean, it's drowned in light. It's because they're trying to make it look like it's even older and older. And I thought it actually wasn't, it, whether it was a ripoff or not, it actually did a good job of like, oh, wow, this does look like it's almost in the fucking 50s. This is yeah. cool. And yeah. so it was just to Travis's point, except just in a different scene. But you're right. You think about these guys like Tarantino and, and Thomas Anderson and all these guys who are hardcore filmmakers who loved film. And they're, they're, this movie is intense at certain times, but. It somehow is not as raw and as gritty as these other guys in the way they would do this movie. I just imagine how they would have done it. It would have been even more like just gritty and like, oh, wow, this is fucking intense. There's just no. no stakes. It feels like a fun fest. Hey, it's a fun fest. Even when things get serious, it doesn't seem that serious. I, I will say I think that Depp is putting in solid work from beginning to end. I yes. Sometimes it's like, okay, that's a rubber nose. Okay, that's a nice wig. But like – um. But the work that he does from beginning to end, sometimes it's like, oh, uh, putting a windbreaker on a dude doesn't actually make him look older, by the way. But but still, um, <laughs> put a pillow work- <laughs> under his chair. <laughs> but still, the, the the work that he does through this movie, I I think it's, I mean, it's testament to like the absolute consistent great work that the man has done through the majority of his career. I mean, like it's 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 a very much co- it's a it's a character driven piece. The, the, the plot itself is like it's it's kind of played so like i really all hinged on his performance and making you care about george young and you know that's and i think he accomplishes that he, he it's a pathetic character he plays him pathetically but he also plays him like i mean he's you know he's a fucking rock star he's walking around in white leather all the time only sunglasses indoors all the time so like it's a it's a it's a and also young's biggest flaw is his trust Right, like this, the character's flaw is like he want he wants these people to be his friends. He he like he like expects them to have these this loyalty that that he has towards them that like they wouldn't dream of having of him towards him like with like person over por- person. Um, so and, and but he also and held out for so long with for real too though that you know that's where I got confused. And he that thinks segment. they're all on the same he held page out for and they're years. not. And you can't yeah. be in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean he held out? You, you mean when like, he held out on, on telling the name? You mean yeah, yeah, sharing his connect, which would really. That was the moment of trust. You're right. He did agree to trust him, but he, it seems like a character. It seems like the script wanted him to do it, to be honest with you. Cause he it, was like, no like, way, no way. And then he gets shot. Cause of Diego, he gets yeah. shot. 
And he's like, and he's bleeding. He's like, okay, well, since you got me shot, I guess I'll. But I'm thinking that his 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 motivation there is like, all right, I'm fucking out of this. Like, I'm just like, I think that part of him is like, I will just set him up with with for real, which for real that's the character's name for real like literally spelled for real, for real. Derek um, fucking for real <laughs> um you, towards the end of the movie he says um something along the lines of my 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 ambition far exceeded my talent and that's 100 accurate george young was in the right time in the right place and knew the right people according to this movie um didn't really do a lot for the for the most part like like just played middleman for apparently like a <laughs> half a decade or more and like eventually you know all he really did was like know some people and know some other people and like just forced himself in there like hey <laughs> i'm gonna make money too guys and then like and that's it like he really served no fucking function <laughs> wow it, I, I love all those points. We're we're kind of like taking bites of this movie all over the place. If you go back to the the opening. I scratched my head in the two times I watched this about this this prologue, the very well-shot, pretty, like, Polaroid prologue we saw. What is the point of this? Like, they, they, I mean, I kind of get there's this message about, about money and how the, this, this threat of pro- poverty is a dark cloud over George and his youth and that he doesn't want to return to it. Is it enough to carry the story about this character? You're saying I never pro- want to be poor. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You're saying the prologue about him and his life, not the opening credits with the, with people like getting the dr- like preparing the drugs. Yeah, the, when we go into the flashback, which they make to seem yeah. pretty important and a huge piece well, of it. I think it. I think it is a huge piece of him because I think it sets him up pretty clearly. Like he's got a good father who does a good job, who loves him very much, and tells him important lessons like money isn't real. It's not really it going to buy you happiness. It's not really going to take care of things. So he's got like this good father, but he's got this mother who's like absent. And like, um, you know, uh, obsessed with money, and that's the side of him. That so he's like still the character is like still a sweet guy, but he's obsessed with money too, to the point that like, I mean, like when they're when they're squirreling away money later on in the, like the Breaking Bad kind of scene when they're like, you know, they got money that they're like trying to like put into closets, so there's no room for it and shit. Like that's to me when you go, oh, we've made enough money. We don't have anywhere else to keep it. We can stop doing this now. We've made a lot of money, but like clearly, like. For some people, that you know, it's like it's like gambling or something. It's like you, you can only go until you're forced down. Yeah. yeah, everything you're saying, I agree with you. I'm worried that the script didn't examine his relationship with money enough. He gets the stuff, lives in the big house, but he doesn't comment on it. He, it's very like like vague about what this message that his father brought him does to him. Other than okay, I'm this now. Uh oh, just got fucked. Back to jail. Like. What is the through line and the the arc of this 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 money message? That's what it was, wasn't it? <laughs> There's not a lot else to it. Barbie what? dies. He loses Barb. That's like supposed to be this big deal in his life. So I I got the thought when I used to watch it as a youngster, like oh he lost Barb, so now he just doesn't give a fuck. He'll just even if he needed enough money or it was enough money for him, he'll just keep going and going and going because he's empty inside. I thought that was like they were trying to insinuate that. If my significant other tells me they have less than two years to live, probably going to say more than like, oh, no, maybe ask her what's wrong. Well, again, it's whatever. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, all right. Um, uh, She's wearing a beautiful blue hat. I will say that. 
Like, you know, when you're watching a, a biopic too, like you always have to ask yourself, how fucking accurate is this shit? You know, <laughs> I mean, right. how fucking accurate is I'm watching this movie. I'm like, God, Mirtha is the worst. Penelope Cruz's character. I'm like, she's like the worst person ever. Then I'm like, I wonder who they base this character on because really they would have gotten all their information from George Young talking about his ex-wife, which exactly. a lot of guys Same don't thing. have yep. great things to say about their ex-wife. Of course, she's the fucking devil. So let's like, go I, into it then. The women <laughs> in this movie are just, it's such a bogus, to me, other, there's yeah, not a lot, there's nope. Other than Franca Potente, other than Barb. Yes, that's true. Barb's, yeah, Barb seems to have, she sets everything up. She makes shit happen for him. That's true. But Rachel Griffith's character, the mom, first off, uh, she's not, they're like the same age. I she's mean, five, she years five years younger than him. That's <laughs> it. You could have cast anybody in that shit. Why? And Leona's only thinking. Leona's only like a decade older than him. Even he's not really quite old enough to be playing his father. This was 20 years ago, right? Leona's still around moving quite well. He's not even that of an old man. He's older now for sure, but fuck. Yeah, both these casts. I mean, Leona, I can I can forgive, but like Rachel Griffiths, like also like what's with that accent? Is that supposed to be a Boston accent? Because it sounds kind of stereotypical and not about Bostonians. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you put this character in like a Paul Feig movie and like she's funny. Like the whole performance <laughs> is tonally fucked. Like she's worried about being embarrassed and that's why she turns George in, but she does it in the middle of the night while everyone's watching and then <laughs> screams fucking bloody murder in her neighborhood. What is this character? <laughs> yeah, it's just a huge misfire of a casting and I I kind of feel bad for her. Like why? Like why did you yeah. even take this movie? Like she, it, she was about to like really take off, and she was about she was about to start. Like she'd already probably started recording at Six Feet Under. Yeah. Um, so she was so she was like in a good place in her life career wise. So this obviously didn't hurt her career or anything. But like, just why the fuck was she cast? Like why did she say yes to the casting? It's just it's always baffled me. It does, and now more than ever, now that we're watching this and asking ourselves, does Blow hold up? Rachel Griffiths, what the fuck? It's not your fault necessarily. I mean, you'll take a role if you get it. It's on the casting supervisors, and you're right. The script is, I feel like the Demi was focused on a lot of other things besides the script, to be honest with you. And not that he has to be obsessed with the script either, but he's the director, and whoever is responsible for these intentions of characters that aren't really fleshed out properly, and every woman is screaming and yelling after Barb, really, it I just feel like that's ridiculous. It just seems like you said, George Young tells the story. So it's his story to tell. It's clearly bullshit. And every single character in the movie, like that is his friend uh, just about like, it's them leading him down this path, right? Like first tuna is like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to sell weed. And then Diego's like, Hey, you're going to sell Coke. And it's just like, it's just like, there doesn't seem to be a ton of accountability going on with the character. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, I mean, he goes to jail, he loses his family and all that stuff. So they are trying to drive home the point that I guess he is accountable. But I mean, like, at the same time, I don't really feel like that's really happening. That is such a great point. Uh, for me, every side character, I'd be more interested in seeing a movie about them or at least from their perspective. Dooley. Dooley's Big Adventure. Yeah. Named after Greg Dooley. Even spelled like Dooley. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. Ma- for it. Max Perlich. All right. So hey! you know, You'd watch a movie like the Derek for real story uh, more than this. I mean, I, I think that that's one of the big draws of this film at the time was Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens was someone that I, I did a little research. Um, you know, I read Wikipedia. Um, uh-huh. 
you know, I remember the outcry with when he kind of went away both times. You know, uh, this was like a blip for him when he kind of stuck his head back up for a minute. Um, and yeah. especially after that first time he went away, the, the general outcry was like, "Hey, we still like him." Was like, "We don't really care that he jerked off in a in a porn theater. That's what porn theaters are for. We're not fucking <laughs> concerned about this. Bring us bring us back, Pee Wee." So like, um, so I think that people, I think that was part of it too, was that this was a not just like Paul Rubens was back. It was a fairly big role. Like he, like he, like other than the Pee Wee movies, the man hardly ever had like a tertiary character where he would play. You know what I mean? Like it was hardly ever he was doing stuff like even with this much import in into the, into the in the movie. So I think that had a lot to do with it. That people were like, "Yes, Paul Rubens, there he is." When you mix in Ray Liotta's efforts in this obviously Johnny Depp's and then Paul Rubens, these characters, even if they, even if you start digging into them, they don't make as much sense, but on the surface, there are a lot of fun. They are. That's like, Oh wow. I want to like see where these characters are going. I'm interested in uh, this relationship between I have, I, I think the guy that we should be talking about is the guy who played Diego. He was fucking incredible yeah, in this movie. I wrote that and, down. He's fucking who? Who is this guy? Jolly Jala Mola. He's he was Jordi Malo. He was fucking fantastic. Jordi Moya. Yeah. Is he from um, anything else? Two else. Sorry, sorry, my bad. That's okay. Oh, bad Boys Two. He was the. I think he was the bad dude in Bad Boys Two. Or he was part of that. He's in Riddick. You love Would that. He been he the loved, good dude then. He was Santana in Riddick. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> Anybody know what that means? Uh, at any rate, oh, he's my. he's kind of laying low, doing uh, th things that we're not as familiar with, but looks like TV and movie. So he works. He's been a steady worker. Yeah, he did he did good good job here. He was awesome. I I used to he used to be my favorite part of this movie. And to be honest with you, he still was. I really enjoyed him. But we are brothers, George. We are always brothers. Bye, bye. Yes, that's my favorite. And, <laughs> and I, I like that he kind of had some points. Right, like he kind of had some points. Like you wouldn't be here without me. Like, yeah, like you really weren't doing fucking hardly anything, anyways. Like, I'm, like, and also like you did. And also, part of me wants to grab uh, Young and be like, dude, like you didn't give him for real's name for like years because you figured he'd fuck you over. Then he mm. fucked you over. I know. And you, you show up all surprised. Like, doesn't make sense. That's what, that's one of the biggest issues I have with the movie. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of character stuff that that's done that just doesn't make a, a ton of sense. I just don't understand. I know he's freaking out. He got shot. Like, why would he be in trouble for being shot? He's he says he could break up a Colombian marriage because he's Escobar's guy. Fuck everybody. But now all of a sudden I got to turn loose my connect. Hey, speaking of Pablo Escobar, remember when Cliff Curtis just played like every Latino? <laughs> I do. Yeah, that, that was a yeah. thing. That was a thing. Play like five Saudi minute. Arabians too. I think. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say. A lot of terrorists um, tossed in there too. He had a pretty good run for a Maori. Dude, I'm glad he got the playing. work at least. I mean, I, really... I love him. I think he's a fucking great, great actor. And and I wish that he we had gotten more of him as Pablo Escobar because he's scary and cool as fuck. I, I would have been down with first. him in Narcos. It would have been great if he played Pablo in Narcos. No I, offense I, to uh, no, what's his face who yeah. played him, but I mean, Cliff Curtis to me is someone that like he's starting to get a little long in the tooth. But I I wish he'd gotten big. Like he should have done like starring work. Yeah. I think he had a ton of charisma and talent. But it still makes me kind of laugh when I see him from a certain era. It's like, oh, there there he is playing Pablo Escobar. <laughs> and of course, you know, Ethan Suffley's in this. So, hey, he played the tune. Let's give credit to Ethan. Hi, Ethan. Hope you're doing well. But they got to have the How one are your thetans? How are your thetans? So, oh, no. Did you know oh, that the no. real tuna lives at Gold Base? He's a Scientologist, too, to this day. Ah! No shit. Yeah. I wonder if that's why Suffley wanted to play him, perhaps. Maybe. Oh, man. That's kind of a buzzkill, isn't it? 
No, it doesn't have anything to do with my life. You're Bigger right. buzzkill is how you enjoy Tuna so much in those first 27 minutes, and then he <laughs> uh, never shows up again. Or his well, she does dies. He, does it he die? Does he die? Does he die? Does he go to jail? Do they stop being friends? There's just no explanation for where he goes. It breaks up the band, man. People are sad. You know, it's really tough for them. And also, here's a cliche of this movie that is the cliche of every 90s movie and into the early 2000s related to drugs. You got to have our main man, Mr. Sandoval, in it. Miguel Sandoval has to be in yep. every movie related yep. to cocaine in Colombia for like just, 10 years straight. We just saw him playing a drug dealer and get shorty. There, yes. Yes. That was the one that I've never seen even. <laughs> yeah. Clear present danger. Get short. I mean, there's a whole list you could go through. I feel great that he got to work again. A nice little career playing drug dealers. Colombian drug dealers actually mm. almost every time. It's pretty wild. But I didn't also know that you could go to prison but get out sooner if you just started teaching. That was a new thing. I was not familiar <laughs> with that. So. Love that, Bart. Reminded yeah. me of my kids in my class. Like I'll be like, hey, kids, take out your books. We ain't taking out shit. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck you know about running drugs crime yeah. school but it's Cry so well, cheesy that makes like sense. he, does, he tries to do the whole hey trust me let's make a deal i'll talk a little <laughs> bit about this george washington character and then we'll do it's so stupid there's no guards i i was looking through that uh, whole scene i'm like is there a guard in this prison right now they can just say whatever they want <laughs> the whole point of prison was that you were constantly watched 24 7 but yeah what do i know Maybe we're getting too into the weeds on this, but, uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know, what else? What have we covered here? Uh, we're getting uh, long. Oh, the tooth, how about though, the fact I'm sure that uh, George's daughter is the, uh, an amalgam of he and Penelope, Penelope Cruz, and yet both Emma Roberts and Jamie King are, like, white as snow. They did not bother at all with a, a oh. hint of Hispanic, Hispanic ethnicity with this yeah. daughter. There you go. Yeah, Come on, point. dude. Good point. You know, it's actually, they actually do, uh, like, all the scenery. There, how many weddings are in this movie, by the way? There's, like, seems like there's 80 weddings. Two and, or three? Yeah, but it seems like there's a lot. Or it seems like the second half of the movie is all weddings. Like, hey, first someone dies, now we'll just get a bunch of weddings going on, and there's going to be a ton of photos in this. Is this a record for the most photos in a movie? I do think that the um, the cocaine photo montage is okay. one of the, the blinded by the light. That's probably one of the strongest montages I've seen, like, oh. in a movie. Like, I thought that was really well done, like, because you could tell that they had, they had, they had taken their time setting up multiple locations, multiple shots. Like, and you could like, there's a story in those photos that's going by so fast. It's rhythmic. Uh, I think. Yeah, music. I, I think that's one of the highlights of the movie. I really do. And once again, probably a, a story better told than like the David Copperfield from birth to, to death. I think about uh, our, our good buddy Kevin Gage, Wingro, popping mm -hmm. in towards mm -hmm. the end, and then Max Perlich, who's a fucking great actor, as as Dooley. That whole setup is a infinitely more interesting movie than this. That this story, in my opinion, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been kind of interesting to get a little, bit, little more in depth of that. But it would, it also maybe wouldn't have had the same emotional impact if you didn't see how, you know, most of his friends and his wife and stuff had also done this to him in some form or another over and over again. I, I mean, clearly the dude makes some bad choices. Right. Like, I'm, you know, like that's like, again, like this is heavily biased in his favor. Um, but that does seem to be the, 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 the motif of the film is like, I mean, even his face is all beat on looking like the dude just gets beat on through emotionally <laughs> and physically through the whole fucking movie. Yeah. But he is great. I, I said that before depth. This is prime depth. 
This yeah. is really he's I don't have any issues. Even his accent is more muted than Rachel's. Like there is a Bostonian yeah. accent, but it's not so obviously ridiculous. That's how you do it. I feel like. I think no, yeah, absolutely. Your character's name is Boston George, so you do. So do you sound like a fucking cartoon character? No, you sound like an actual person. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How, how, yeah, how many? Yeah. How many Halloween <laughs> USAs did they hit in L.A. to get all these wigs? <laughs> that's a good point i thought about that myself but i do agree with travis i just want to get this on the record that when escobar comes up with george after they have their jeep talk and says we're going yeah. into business and he goes Woo! and the music starts that is perfect the whole thing so kudos mm -hmm. to them on that that's fun there's some fun moments in this movie Absolutely. there is absolutely there is there's yeah plenty of them you know Every time Yoda and Dept are together on screen, like, I want more of that. Hell, I could do a crazy buddy roadie with them. I would be interested in that movie. <laughs> you know what, Dad? I'm quitting the life. Let's just go on the road together with all the money I've made for the rest of my life. Okay, cool. I also think that there's, uh, again, with the authenticity, like, there's a, a piano bar in the 1970s early on in this film. It's all, like, these red lights and stuff. I'm, I just want to fucking walk through the screen and go <laughs> into that piano bar. I mean, it's just so, it's so 70 like 1970, 75, like, like they do a really good job with, uh, with just the set decoration, the locations they choose. Um, it, it yeah, looks when Paul great. Rubens shows up later with his eighties look, they mm -hmm. moved to the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm sorry, George. I'm in my eighties phase now. I'm sober. Yeah. My fault. You're right. And then the windbreakers come in in the early nineties. Windbreakers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do. Yeah. They set the mood in all their parties and whether it's the Christmas party with all the weed and yeah, it's fun. It looks good. The set design and all the structure, the layout, everything is beautiful. There's this no movie, doubt about it. Speaking of weed, this movie is very much like, hey, weed's a gateway drug kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. A I little bit. See that. A little bit. Does weed grow straight up in sticks like that? Am I a moron? Is that how it works? You just He's got his weed sticks, I remember. They're just buds, they go straight out. Is that how it works? Like weed, got... weed lollipops? What, what were those? I don't grow yeah, weed. Yeah, I don't know. I have... I know you don't grow weed, but I figured maybe you had a little bit of knowledge about weed, but that's okay. It doesn't matter because this movie is about blow. Fuck weed. <laughs> <laughs> is, there the is there enough cocaine in this movie? Okay. Uh, well, they don't mention, I mean, it's it's right in the area era, and there's a huge opportunity to make some comments on like the Controlled Substance Act of 70, I think, and Nixon's and the formation of the DEA in Very 73, good. but they gloss past that. Uh, and, and there could have spent some time in investigating that. And, the, you know, moving right got time song, for that. Blah, blah, blah. How about the yeah. look on uh, Depp's face when uh, his daughter's being born? That whole scene where he's like watching like and yeah. he's like, it was like, the, it was the most uh, profound moment of my life. And he just looks like fucking hell. Looks like total <laughs> hell. He does. That's true. That's pretty solid. It, I, like by the time the movie ends, he's supposed to be like forty-two, I think. Um, when the uh, in the, like, yeah, exactly. That's like one year older than me. And now Johnny Depp was like thirty-five when he was playing this, but he looks like seventy when uh, when at the end by the end of the movie. Kind of looks like that. Wow. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, uh, I mean, we've covered this movie. Is there anything else? Last call here before we close up shop. The score is like, like the music supervision clearly is fucking incredible. It's Ted Demi. It's going to be uh, amazing. But Graham Ravel's like swelling migraine. Blah, blah. Is it even there? It's, I don't remember it. Yeah, I, yeah, I was just going to say that, a, Travis, a, a to be honest migraine. with you. It seems like it's all music to me. Yeah, I can't even. Very much I, a soundtrack driven, soundtrack driven kind of movie. I couldn't even consider it. But, you know, when they're on Norman's K and he says, you're out, George, and they kick his ass <laughs> and they show his they show his eyes in the blue Caribbean reflection. It's he looks really crazy and it's gorgeously shot. There's, 
everything. I don't have any complaints about how the movie looks at any time. I will say that. So. Oh yeah, the cinematography's solid. Yeah, but that's not everything. So as we close the book on Blow, 2001's Blow by Ted Demi, rest in power. No offense to Ted Demi if somebody comes out against this film. Eric, you chose it, so uh, you're up first. Oh God, um, the. the Biggest problem for me is this character, George. I don't really care that much about him. His motivations are, are, are aside from like him wanting to be rich, they're murky for me. He says like in, in the beginning when he's at the beach, he's like, oh, I feel like I, I belong somewhere finally for the first time. It's like, what? And then uh, you got these weird time jumps, like th this period where he gets arrested in Chicago and, and then everything just goes downhill. It's like blink or miss it. And it's it, it, for me, that tonal shift is, is really rough and the film never really recovers from it in fact most of it for me is just this voiceover that it's just the same like it was all perfect until it got shitty like like 20 <laughs> times that same exact thing happens i don't i'm sorry i don't know how i sat through this twice in the theaters i look at other films with this type of story like catch me if you can or uh wolf of wall street where they say, let's not worry about like the consequences. Obviously, like don't be a drug dealer. You're gonna be uh, you're gonna be in jail. Center the movie more on just the fun, and then leave that to you know the the viewer. And you got a better movie, in my opinion. It's 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 kind of a, a facsimile type movie for me. I've seen better movies um, like this that that go for this that are told. Uh, a, a little bit better like the Penelope Cruz character for instance if you don't mind is just uh, she's just funny this real character Mirtha was like this volatile horrific uh, abusive woman they gloss over it for the sake of like her telling some jokes at like a party it's just it's just it moves too quick for me in a, in a bad way it doesn't hold up for me you guys <gasps> wow. his own choice my his own, own choice. choice doesn't hold up you believe that who yeah. went last last week? I can't remember. Mm. Who went first? You probably did. So I'll go. I, I saw Blow a long time ago, and then I watched it again because that's what we do. We watch the movie before we do the show. And I found myself entranced. I was like, oh, wow, okay, wow. And I just started staring at the screen, even though um, I didn't think about it as critically as I should have. But as the movie started to slow down a bit in the middle, and there was a moment where I started to think more and more like... It's fun. It's kind of fun. There's some good times, and they don't last forever. When he goes up in front of the judge, that's just the dumbest shit ever. He just does a <laughs> bunch of fucking rock and roll lines with his fucking coat on, his pea coat. Like, what are you doing? Get your shit together. This is absurd. And when that starts to happen, yeah, I think even you referenced it, Eric. The high goes down. So the high is over. Now we're in a low point because we're in jail. And... By the time we get to the later part of the movie, I'm just like, this sucks. I don't give a fuck. And I know this is not fun anymore, but it's not. It would have been. It doesn't have to be fun. I would buy into it and be like, whoa, man, I care about these characters and I'm into it because they got me that far earlier. But as I stated earlier in the show, the lack of intent built into the script and more time building some of that out and fleshing it out a little bit more would have done this movie wonders. I say nay. You're saying, you're saying it does not hold up. That is correct. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's what the sure if you like. I say it. this movie's not hold up. Okay. All right. <laughs> Making sure we're all on the same page here. Oh, am I on the same page as you guys? Yeah. So th this movie was, you know, 
it was in the zeitgeist. You know, this is something that um, was very much again, like posters were everywhere. That that same fucking like white ass poster with them in white. You know, Cruz and and Depp in white. Um, it was ubiquitous, and I watched a lot of it. But admittedly, I kind of like. So I wanted to always like this movie because I liked Ted Demi. I, you know, I, 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 I wanted to follow his career, you know, um, and I did like this movie. But very quickly, back in the day, I became really disenchanted with um, the enthusiasm that people had for this movie. So I thought it was okay when it came out. But then, like, I was just like, again, like the poster was fucking everywhere. And like, some people were watching it on repeat who I'm friends with. And I could not understand how or why they would watch it on repeat. So, like, I felt like it was just like really over, like, overhyped and overblown. So that kind of like prejudiced me against it a little bit. And so I, I kind of just came to where it feel like I didn't really like it. And um, so that was where I was standing when you announced it the other day, uh, Eric. And that's, that's why I was not enthusiastic because I was like, oh, fuck, I got to watch Blow. Yeah, I uh, and, and then when I sat down and watched it the other day, I was like, oh, fuck, I got to watch Blow. Um, so I started watching Blow. I was like, then it was over. Like, well, I fucking watched Blow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, the, movie, the movie starts and like you're getting like these children, um, you know, are, are preparing are like growing marijuana under like the threat of being murdered. Right. Yep. That's it. Cocaine has ruined how many people's lives in the world. And. There is no reference to the like these children, um, you know, rich people in America who are whose lives are ruined. Like it's we're supposed to care about care about the guy who brought the cocaine into America and how it ruined his life. That's it exactly, Travis. Why, Preach. I've never understood this. The, the, the with Destin, I'm with Destin. Like, why did this movie get made? Why am I supposed to sympathize with this fucking character? He should be a footnote in some criminal justice course. I don't give a fuck about this guy. Never have. <laughs> Doesn't hold up. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to personally dedicate this episode to the thousands of people whose lives were torn apart by the terrible drugs that George Young helped bring into this country. <laughs> I'm gonna and I'm gonna I'm gonna send it out to Ted Demi because I still love the, the man and his work. I just think that this movie is way overblown, and um, you know, watch man, watch watch Monument Avenue. It's a way better movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, who's the man? <laughs> yeah, dude, who's the man? I haven't seen that. No care for cancer. Dennis Leary produced this. I'm like Christ. We got Ted Demi, Dennis Leary in a Coke movie. I got we got like special thanks to Sam Kinison and Tom Arnold. Who else can we toss into this? Movie? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're talking about a bunch of guys in Hollywood, rock stars and musicians, you know, and actors and comedians all hanging out. They did cocaine. Big fucking shock. Um, but like, <laughs> I, I do kind of puzzle, like, if they're so, like, invested in all this cocaine. Because I, I don't know that, like, I don't know. I know that Ted Demi died um, from a heart attack that was induced from too much cocaine and basketball in combination. Not a good idea. <laughs> um, but, like... I feel like he's torn, like he was torn in the making of this movie. Like, am I trying to celebrate this or am I trying to show you how this ruins people's lives? Because it's just like this weird mix where he can't really seem to make up his mind if it's like, hey, is this cool or hey, is this awful? Travis, preach, man. I love your points. And as much as I like don't like this character, the dealer is not necessarily the problem. It's the consumer for the most part. And there's a demand for that supply. And unless you curb that, this industry is not going away. So if there's You're a movie never there, do that. whatever. That's yeah, ridiculous. It's not possible. So, yeah. 
That's why the drugs war on drugs is insane. So, hey, there's a whole different mood to be made there. But you're note. dead now, Ted Demi. So it's not your fault. I don't blame you. One day we'll all be dead. But before that happens, <laughs> we're do gonna you, do. Are you, wait, are you ending every podcast with this kind of note yeah, now? Very much. Are you okay? Wait, I'm did I say this before? Every what fucking episode, dude. Yeah. You make some comment every about how about, about the impermanence of life. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's true. Either, either you mentioned true? that God is fiction or that we're all going to die every episode. I just wanted how, to point out to you. Yep. If you how is any of that incorrect? I'm not, saying it's in, I'm not saying if it's correct or if it's incorrect. I'm saying it's a fucking drag. It's very morbid. Oh. Like, very, we laughed our way through the Wedding Crashers podcast only for you to end it with, we might die tomorrow, guys. That's true. That's why we gotta laugh. Cherish the laugh. If anything, you're supposed to cherish the laugh more. I'm That's just, I'm right. just worried about your mental health. Someone hitting you. Uh, my mental health's good. I'm just, you, good? you know, you wrestling okay? with the fact. I feel pretty solid. I just wonder. Existential. You know, you're feeling existential. How, how am I gonna accept death? I gotta work on that. It's you on got- my board right here. It's my number one goal for this year. Accept I'm not kidding, death. So. Yeah. So. Can you can you tilt the camera so we can see your board so it shows us that you need to accept death? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can read that, but it's on uh, there. accept. Anyway. Death. It's in the red. Yeah. Yeah. Except death, number one. So happy new year. I am Mike and I will accept death this year. All right. There it is. Well, you got um, some time, I hope. I'll be remiss if I don't, you know, <laughs> it's not good to talk ill of the dead. Ted Demi did some some interesting things in, in film. I think here his greatest uh uh challenge was uh giving Penelope literally telling Penelope Cruz how to say the lines in English and then she would just repeat it like a parrot. Not an easy uh, challenge. Fair point. Fair point. Ted Demi, we love you. Thank you for this movie. Even if we didn't make it hold up, people can still watch it, right? Yeah. Mike, hug yourself. Just every morning, wake up and hug yourself. Mm, just, just kick off every day hugging yourself. And Show, me, yourself, that Show, Show me, me that smile. Show me that smile. Don't waste another <laughs> All right. Well, we got to do uh, next week's movie, oh, which yeah? is now my selection. It's your choice. And- I, I've got one that I basically locked in. I, I, I feel like it's cra- a spoon to cheer up, Mike. I wish. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is kind of wild, but for me, anyways. But I think I think I'm gonna go with it. Um, we're gonna go do a movie that uh, I think I enjoyed a lot, but I hadn't seen it in a while. But I didn't watch it religiously, but I watched it enough where I was like, "Wow, this movie's fascinating. It's wild." And uh, stars Kevin Bacon. Oh, have we done a Kevin Bacon starring vehicle? I don't even know if we have, but uh, I don't think so. <laughs> we're going back to 1999. There it is. Oh, all right. right. Stir of Echoes. Stir of Echoes. Yes, we're doing you're Stir doing, of Echoes. You're doing a horror movie, Mike. Stir of Echoes. A horror movie. Is it? Really exciting. I don't, this is a first. I don't see it. I don't see it that way. Okay, I mean, it's a well, su- we could... supernatural thriller, maybe, but I mean, like, it certainly it has supernatural elements, right? I am thinking this. Yeah, Stir of Echoes. I, I'm I excited. Thought it was I'm pumped. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Wow. Yay! So it's All not right. crazy. That's, I'm excited cool. to see Kevin Bacon in his ever-present social distortion T-shirt that he wears. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna get plenty of Kevin done in this movie. So that's oh yeah. Good times. All, All right. right. Next week we're doing Stir of Echoes. Stir of Echoes. Ooh. Written and directed by David Kep. Yeah. Yeah. David Kep. Okay. Well, next week we'll be here live doing Stir of Echoes, and we're going to have a great time. We'll talk about Ileana Douglas, and we'll yeah. talk about uh, Catherine movies Irving. again. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about movies, because that's what we do on the Cinema <laughs> iPod. We welcome death. all your feedback. Talk about death, death and the Yeah, we're going to talk about soul. death. Right. Life, <laughs> life is temporary. Have a it nice is. week, I mean, guys. 
if any, I'm just trying to pump you guys up and enjoy every moment because we have to pump people up. Oof. Yeah. Because if wow. you realize you're going to die, then the you cherish every moment. Like, wow, I got to wow. cherish this moment because I'm going to be gone from this earth soon. <laughs> Do you see that? You don't see the connection? How can you not see that? Wow. Uh, you guys should take a look at it. Think about it. It's actually a motivating factor to we, live. We have no choice but to think about it every time we do a podcast with you. Live! Damn right! Mortality! I'm I'm, mortality! Let's live for today! Next week, we'll be here live doing what we do. And uh, after my... Uh, after that, are we doing the Listener's Choice the week after? Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. So get online if you haven't already and make your, your daily choice on Facebook. Uh, you know, it's posted. We're, we're picking the movie. Um, there it is playing selection so let it ride it's gonna be the winner i hope so influencing the who is who's whose closet was this who's <laughs> this is was this is my closet i figured okay yeah. cool that's great all right well we'll be here next week uh make sure you follow the show give us five stars on apple Podcasts if you like we had a lot of fun today thanks for the emails even though we don't want you to email us those were really cool and everyone's interaction so <laughs> i think that does it all right thanks guys bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.